and I put and I as soon as I opened my eyes, I would have this friend that would call me. She she was a gossiper, a big time gossiper. She would call me every morning at nine o'clock, and I would answer the phone <laughs> to give you that daily <laughs> dose. Girl. <laughs> and girl was her first thing. It wasn't good morning. It wasn't how you doing. Girl was the first thing she would say every morning at 9 a.m. And it got very old very quick because I wasn't into all of that, hearing all that. But, of course, I thought this was my friend, and, and, right. and I had to be there for I had to listen and whatever. The next morning after playing that 15-minute sincere prayer, that girl called me 9 o'clock on the dot like I knew she would. And for the first time in my life, I rejected her call. When I looked at the phone and I saw that it was her, I hit the ignore button. She kept calling, kept calling. I would not answer the phone. I got up. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. And my exact words at that very moment was, I'm sick of this. I had had it with that destructive lifestyle. Every morning, my routine, before I even brushed my teeth, sometimes, was to smoke a cigarette or two or three before I started my day. That was my routine. I got up. Now, this is the morning after I prayed. I got up, grabbed my Newport 100, went on the patio, and I start. When I inhaled the cigarette, I tell you no lie, I looked at it, and I threw it down. It felt totally different. Mm. It felt totally different. And that's when I knew something had taken place between that morning and that 15 minutes of prayer. Something. As I slept, he had done something in me that was different. I had no desire to smoke anymore. In 2012 to 2017, I've been picked up a cigarette ever since, and I have God to thank for that. How I got affiliated in the church, well, how do we all get affiliated in the church? Right at that very moment of our transitioning where it's God himself trying to show us a better way, there's those wolf and sheep clothing who it's almost like they know or they can sense fresh meat, just like a wolf. And my aunt was living in a a community where the church eventually ended up uh, being located. And she called me on the phone because she was in her transition, too, of her life changing and God was dealing with her and on his own and, 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 you know, getting her through some things. And she told me about these people who came to evangelize and how she felt the love and they were so loving, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, me, I was very skeptical about these people. I've always been the type of person, I've, I've always been very skeptical about people. You can brag on people, you can say how good they are, but me personally, I don't jump head first when dealing with people unless I know for a fact that, okay, this is good or I can do this with this particular person. So I'm very iffy with these church folks who she was talking about. Nevertheless, I ended up calling the lady who uh, drove the church van, and I was invited out to church. Long story short, when I got there, I mean, it was the the atmosphere, of course, I wasn't uh, as spiritually in tune, so it's not like I felt anything or any heaviness or whatever, but what I did pay attention to was the way that they were dressed. And all of the higher, I would call them hierarchies, you know, from the bishop to his wife to all of the elders, they were dressed in all black, all black. 
So, of course, that was kind of, you know, creepy to me because they already look strange as if they can see right through. You know that look religious put on you as if they have the all-seeing eye. And, <laughs> you know, they already look strange, and they're dressed in all this black. But the message was about coming to Jesus and accepting him and, and, and being born again. So I ate up that message because, of course, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is still God. It was God, uh, you know, the night before, and this is God now. So I went, and I, I gave my all. I cried at the altar, and they prayed for me, and all these people surrounded me, laying hands on me, and all of that good stuff. Well, I thought it was good stuff during that time. Long story short, I ended up joining this church. Now, mm-hmm. I was a member of this church for four years. And it wasn't until that last, those last few months where God was getting ready to snatch me completely up out of there or show me that I needed to leave Mm -hmm. that place completely because it was my choice all along, that I really started to see the truth and started to see the people for who they were. I would say that my eyes began to look closely at these people when I would see the very things that they shoved down our throat every Sunday and every Friday and every Wednesday night, they were not following themselves. When they would say that we need to love one another, the, the, it's funny how the most important message that was preached all the time besides sin and hell and damnation was love and how we need to love and how we need to love. But love was not being displayed in the church, at least not. It was being displayed on the surface. You know, because that's how they draw you in. I felt the love. Of course. I thought, you know, that's mm-hmm. how they draw you in. You, you, you already out here. I'm already a single mother out here by myself. Not my family is destructive and broken, so I'm already out in this world trying to do it on my own, and I, I was doing it on my own. But here they are, as if they are the only support that I have. That they are the only ones who love me and the only ones who care for me. And of course, when you're vulnerable. And I won't lie and say that I was not vulnerable. I was vulnerable. I was very vulnerable because I thought that th- that these people were my gateway to God. Well, and see, to don't, don't, don't ever don't ever feel. I mean, you know this by now, but I just want to interject and say, don't ever right. feel bad at any point of your right, life right. for being vulnerable because right. you know we 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 all get go there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of how we come out of it. But this is when they swoop down on us. And, and they get their claws sunk into us, not just right. on, on a spiritual level, but a mental level, and sometimes right, right. on a physical level. You know, so right. don't feel don't feel bad about that. Be glad you came out of it, but this is how oh, they yeah. operate. And, and, and thank you, Lance, for saying that. And I, I really don't, because by me being being vulnerable, that shows the, the trueness of who I am, the sincerity that I that I have. That, you know, these people are good people, and they love me, and these are my brothers and sisters, and I just want to do do right before God, and I want to love, and I don't want issues with anyone. And, and this is the way that, that, that the Bible taught me, and, and, and this is the way that I wanted to follow and, and to find out that, that these people were nothing of what I thought they were. I mean, it was, it was really eye-opening. It was not hurtful. It was eye-opening, and it, 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 it caused me to be more diligent coming out of that with how I deal and how I operate now in the world. So I learned a very valuable lesson through that four years that I had to go through that. And, 
you know, you just start to see the uh, the hatred within the church, the backbiting, the jealousy, the rank and the status, the uh, the pushing of the tithe and the offering, the 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 condemnation, the fear that they that they put into you. And this was a Pentecostal church. And I know a lot of you who are out there that are listening, you may have grown up from a baby to where you are now in a Pentecostal or Baptist or whatever those kind of shouting, hooping, and hollering churches. And you know the atmosphere of those types of churches are fully charged. And, and, and you begin to weep and you begin to speak in the tongues, but the spirit that is moving is not God. And I witnessed and experienced that firsthand, and I would like to thank God for keeping his hand on me during that time because he would quicken my spirit for me to know when God was operating, which was rarely, and when there was another spirit, a demonic spirit, operating within that church. Not only that, I experienced most of my demonic warfare. You see, they, they lead you to believe that and it is biblical, that, that once you become a follower of Christ, you go through things, and, 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 and you know, you're going to experience warfare. But what, in, in reality, that, that's something that they use. In reality, these types of churches that are run by witches and warlocks, they're actually opening you up to that demonic realm where you are susceptible to uh, demonic spiritual attack. Indeed. When I I went to that church, when I left the church, I was getting attacked throughout the night. Bad dreams, heavy Mm. presences, things choking me, things laying on me, uh, dreams that I couldn't come out of, you know, just everything demonic and everything dark, afflictions in my body, getting sick for no reason, having aches and pains for no reason, my mind being under control because they pumped so much fear into me. I I couldn't do anything. I was a young 20-something-year-old woman walking around with stockings and and long skirts all the way down to my ankle, afraid to for um, a guy to give me a compliment because the, those guys are worldly and boxing myself in. And, and, and the example that they teach you that your husband should be is so far-fetched that there are many women in the church, especially those Pentecostal churches, that are believing God for a husband. And I would see single women in their 50s still single. Believing hmm. God for a husband that will never come because they're wrapped up in a demonic church that's keeping them stuck. They don't Ooh, want I want you. I want you. Them. I want you to linger in on that for a while, please, because you said <laughs> oh, something earlier. How there's so many. There's a higher number of single women in these churches yes. waiting for their boaz, and like you just said, the standard of what that man should be is yes. so through the roof that. Nothing ever matches up, so the hustle is on for the church. And right. that pastor, lots of times, maybe yours that you had, maybe not, but that right. pastor has his pick of the litter oh, in the yeah. meantime because mm-hmm. the physical mm-hmm. desires don't stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk, talk to us about that more. And, and uh, Yes, of course. The, the standard that, and, and, and mind you, I, I was in a church where the majority were married. 
but these were arranged marriages. These were marriages where, you know, a pastor would tell you, oh, you should talk to, you know, they, they would get involved, the hierarchies. And when I say hierarchies, I'm talking about the bishop, his wife, and all the elders, the, the, the leadership, and, and whoever they had working for them. You know, they would, you know, go and whisper in this person here, go and whisper in that person here, and God told me this was your husband. All of that, the, those lies. And you would have married people who hated each other. You would have married people who, when they got home, it was so destructive, but when they got to church, it was all, you know, there was no harmony, even in the marriages. Right. And I would pay attention to that. But that, too, the, 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 us who were single, there were older women who were married within that church, and they were all divorced. And they were single for years after divorcing because they put a standard on the men that, come on now, men can't, can't live up to these, these holier-than-thou self-righteous standards. And what that creates is stuck-up self-righteous women, and I was one of them. Why was I one of them? Because I was being taught that if he's not a man of God, and they didn't, they didn't say man, they actually said man. If, if he's not a man of God, and if he doesn't pray, and if he doesn't, just all of this, these things that, I mean, you, no human being can live up to this. It's, it's too strenuous. Then he's not for you. And God will tell us. If, if he's the one for you, everything has to go through them as if, you know, we can't think on our own. And the, the women who surrounded me and would try to teach me and tell me about the single life and, 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 and wanting a husband and all of these different things, they were bitter from their past divorces. And when you have good men coming in trying to do the right thing, they're overlooked and they're dissed because they don't meet this. A superior standard that these people are teaching you. And when you come in there and you're having issues with fornication, and, and instead of them, uh, you know, being loving and, 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 and uh, correcting you lovingly, they're condemning you. Not see it, it, you know, for it to be such a spiritual church, why can't you see when someone is hurting spiritually? Why can't you see that there may be a gateway that has been opened in this person's life that's leading them to this particular thing. God would show me those things, and I would have compassion. But you all who are have been in the church longer than me, you can't see that there's a gateway, that something happened to this, this girl when she was a kid that is leading her into fornication, and she wants to stop, she's praying to God, but she can't seem to break that tie. Why aren't you all seeing and having compassion? Why is it always judgment? Why is it always a condemnation with the single women who have come to the church having maybe one or two children and they're not married? Why does the whole sermon have to be preached on that? And instead of having the, the, the love and compassion to see deeper in, into the situation, the understanding of another person's plight. And there were women in there, uh, you know, in their 40s and 50s, believing God for their husbands that would never come. Because no man can live up to that standard. And wow. speaking of husbands, there were married women in the church. 
and I would see them bend over backwards for the bishop. I mean, bring him his tea with his lemon, just the way he liked it. Now, he had a wife that labored with him, but no one took care of her needs. Every, when it came to the women, there was a cleaning ministry. There was women that would clean his office. There were women that would clean the church, but no one catered to his wife like they catered to him. And I believe that it was fixed that way. Me having compassion and genuine love for these people before I really started to see who they were, I went up to the pastor's wife, the bishop's wife, and I asked her, you know, do you need me to do anything for you? And I told her straight up, I don't see anyone catering to you like they catered to Bishop. And if you would have saw the look on her face, it was like, wow, like you, you pay attention to that? Yes. But married women who ran their husbands, these, these men were on the more um, meek side, the more quiet side. And, and these particular men were married to those type of women who are the, those fireballs. They run the show. And it's almost like being in that church, or they may have been those type of men before, and got dragged into that church because I saw a lot of that too. They lost their voice. They were no, they were no longer men. They, they were mute. Mm. Where the wife was the one who ran everything. The wife was was the man, and he was to be quiet. Go ahead, man. Yes, you see this so much, and and you're going in with surgical precision, like I always like to say, and Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're saying it. And Mm -hmm. in the future, when folks hear this on the various social media platforms, I want them to comment on it, because I'm not hearing really anybody break it down like you. I'm not right. going to break your flow. I'm going to kick back and let you continue. <laughs> Go on ahead. I'm loving it. Don't no stop. No problem, brother. I won't. And like I was saying, they become mutes where they have been emasculated, not only by their wives, but by the bishop. Because the bishop is in their house more, running their house more than they are. So I would see the women, and, 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 and they have their husband straggling behind them because they got to make it on time because Bishop needs his office clean or Bishop needs his tea with his linen or we're having a church cookout and we got to be there on time because we got to have this big spread. I mean, it's like this man was living a, a lavish life with all of these servants under him. And the men who were under him who were not men, you know, they were in the music ministry and play. I have never seen, you want to talk about uh, slaves? I saw people, not just the men, but the men and the women that have, that were in that church longer than me, pure slaves. I would see their bodies breaking down because they were laboring so hard for that church, and I was one of them. I was in the choir. I was in the children's ministry. I would volunteer and help them with whatever else they needed because I believed that this was serving God. I mean, that's what, that's what they told me. So that's what I believe. I want to do all that I can for God by helping my bishop and my pastor, by helping my brothers and my sisters, by volunteering and laboring. But my own home was out of order. My own home, because I'm tired. I'm too tired to spend that quality time with my son. I'm I'm too tired to do anything. But everything revolved around that church. I had to be there on time. I had to be at the door. I have to do this 
because this is what God called me to. And the mind control, you know, they have a way of, how can I say this, imposing things without really saying them. They, they have a way of interjecting fear without necessarily, uh, it's all manipulation. And, and, and to, to make it worse, and I have nothing against psychology majors or psychologists, but I found out that the bishop was studying psychology when he was in school, before he got called out of school to, to pastor. And, you know, psychology, of course, it deals with the mind. So it, it was easy for him to use his witchcraft, to use his sorcery, yes. and to use what he learned in psychology. Master manipulator, yes. Master manipulator. And it was always something about him that didn't sit well with me. And that one thing, as I think about it and I see him now, his eyes. He had these very, uh, very, very spooky eyes. And I've heard time and time again, if you want to know someone, look into the eyes. They're the gateway to the soul. And his eyes were very spooky. Now, you all have heard me mentioning witchcraft a lot, but I haven't really truly went into detail with that and how uh, how witchcraft was operating within the church, and I'm going to do that now. And there would be times where uh, we would have a service, and, of course, the, 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 the service is on fire, as you would call it, and the bishop, with his different type of uh, phenomenons and different types of things, he would get us all in a line, and I joined this stuff, too, because I thought this was, this was God. This was before God started to, to really reveal these things to me. And he would get us in a line, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you. And what he would do, he would do different things. And, he, I, and I knew that it was witchcraft because these are the same things that Cindy Trump does, where they blow on you or they move their hand and you fall out. And all of this crazy stuff only to go home and be attacked in your sleep and be attacked in your home. It was it was things like that where he would call us up for prayer and I'm going to blow on you and the anointing is going to do this and this is going to happen. And these these strange phenomena would actually happen. I remember uh, during certain parts of prayer, he would take off his coat and he would have us in a line and he would just uh, hit us with the coat and all of a sudden you just your knees buckling, you fall on the ground, and you're rolling around, and you're speaking in tongues. And as God would begin to reveal more and more to me, I stopped participating in many things. And my spirit just was not sitting well anymore with what these people were doing. I began to become angry because I saw that they are taking vulnerable people, people that really are seeking off the streets, out of these poor neighborhoods, feeding them these lives to, to, to create more slaves, to create more slaves, not caring about these people, not really concerned about what's going on, but needing somebody to work in that church, needing more tithes and offerings, and about the tithes and offerings. My bishop had people, well, my ex-bishop, he had people in his church that couldn't, couldn't even keep their own households running. Couldn't keep gas in their car. Driving cars that were, I mean, barely making it. Mm. 
and he doesn't work, doesn't do anything but preach and teach, but you're driving a BMW. And he had chauffeurs, his elders, this married couple. They were his chauffeurs. He, him and his wife would sit in the back seat of their BMW and ride to church every morning, being chauffeured to church every morning, every Sunday morning, being chauffeured to church like they were just, just these big-time untouchables. And he would even have bodyguards. Now, this church didn't even have 200 members, but he walked around wanting to reach that status. When he would preach, he would talk about how his vision is to have thousands of members, how he wants to build this big church and, and all for the glory of God, how he wants his choir. Everything was his. Nothing, nothing God. I want a choir of, of this amount of people. I want this. I want that. You know, it was, all, it was I, I, I. And he was very spiteful, very manipulative. And the discrimination within the church, I mean, it was just like you being out in the world where, where status and, and rank is very important. You had the status and the rank. The single mothers were in their own rank. You had the married people who are making the money and driving the nice cars and can afford, the, the, you know, these expensive <laughs> things. They had wow. their own rank and click. Nobody intermingled. No, no, there was no intermingling there. It's a cult. It's a cult. You stay in your lane. You stay with your clique of people. And the only time they were intermingling, a, a, a lot of the time, and I don't know if the people heard me before. This is before we were uh, being recorded last, but I didn't go up in church. I came from the hood, okay? So I'm coming in with my tattoos. I'm coming in with, you know, in the beginning. I'm coming in ready to be like, hold up. So what would, what would happen was certain ones would be drawn to me as if they wanted to get to know me, but that's not what it was. It was, I guess, to figure out what, you know, it's like when you, these are all, this is a family-oriented church. You know, everyone was family. The majority of this church was family. So it's like, okay, here this outsider go. Let me see what, what's up with her. And I would always, with certain ones, I would feel the fakeness. I would feel that there wasn't any real genuine love. You're just trying to figure me out. And because I knew that, I wouldn't allow those, those ones in. Now, fast forward to, I believe that certain people were being sent to me to get in and to get, uh, to be able to manipulate me. There was this one particular elder. And I don't even know how she and I got as close as we did. It's just something that happened. A lot of things in these demonic churches happen without your consent almost. It's like it just, it, they just sweep you into it. And, and that's probably during a time where you are mesmerized in some kind of way where you don't even know how you get acquainted with certain people. But you do. They end up wiggling their way into your home, and now you're sitting down having dinner with them, and you're telling them, you know, personal things. And, and it was this one particular elder, and she was very manipulative. She would always tell me, God told me to tell you this. God told me to tell you that. She even went as far as to tell me that a man that, ended up getting married to another woman with my husband. Oh, my God. 
And I believed that rock for about two and a half years. God told me that he's going to divorce her. God told me to go get your wedding dress. And everything that this woman told me, God told her, I would do. I even went as far as going to a bridal shop, trying on a dress. I went to Walmart and bought a sterling silver ring and would wear that ring on my, and, and to me, that sounds like witchcraft. Now that I think of it, preparing myself to be married to a man that was already married, that sounds like witchcraft. Until I woke up out of that. Well, you know what that sounds like? It it Mm -hmm. sounds like that that man might be somebody who is under their control. And by saying that, they want you to be with him so you can be under their control. Under their control. And, and, And the sad thing about it is, this young man, talented, he played the steel guitar. Talented, musically inclined. He was related to the bishop and the pastor, close relation. His mother was the pastor's sister, close relation. But I would see the control that this man was under. When he got married to his wife, they hid the marriage for whatever reason. They hid the marriage. They they celebrated everyone else's marriage, but they hid when he got married to his wife. And once he got married to this woman that he got married to, I just began to see him almost going into an emotional spiral where he wasn't happy. He wasn't that perky, happy guy anymore. It was just, it was just bad. And I would see the control that his mother, I mean, his dad was one of those men that I'm talking about, one of those mutes. His mother, the, the guy that I'm talking about, who, who she said that God said, was my husband, his mother and his father were the chauffeurs, the armor bearers of the bishop and the pastor. And the control that his mother had over him, it was like he was a grown man in the little boy's body who couldn't do anything on his own. And the stress of the church and family and all of those things that, that you have to deal with when you have close ties to the church and its family origin. But she kept that lie going for a very long time, and once I started to pull away from that and say, listen, this isn't right. This is a lie. This is not going to happen. I would be a fool to continue to believe this. When I started to pull away from her, she would always give me things. Oh, I have this for you. I have that for you. I didn't see it at first. But one night, she ended up giving me some toilet paper a bag full of toilet paper. Oh, I have this for you. I took the toilet paper, and I couldn't sleep that night. It's like God was just dealing with me all night. And when she gave me the the, 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 the bag of the toilet tissue, I kept mm-hmm. smelling I kept smelling something. Mm-hmm. It was this scent that I couldn't, I, I had never smelt it before, but I couldn't shake it. And I'm looking in the bag, and I'm like, wow, it's this strong scent coming out of this bag. Now, this was during the time where I ended up getting a vehicle, and the vehicle that my first vehicle was purchased by one of the church members, ill-intentioned, because this particular church member, she never used to speak to me. Out of the clear blue, 
Oh, do you need a ride to church? Out of the clear blue. She just started to uh, act as if she cared and befriend me and have me over her home. But when I would see her, the vibe just wasn't there. But she ended up purchasing me my first car. So by me having my first car, I was no longer so under this elder because I would have to depend on her for a so I was, you know, weaning myself away because I'm like, man, this lady is a manipulator. And and, and, and she always going to tell me what God says. And, and she's trying to, because this lady is too, too much, trying to control me, calling me every morning, just trying to be too close. But you know what and it was? She was on assignment. Trust me. I know she was. She was on assignment and, and assigned to you to work on you. From someone yes. else in that church coming down from the pastor. Trust me. Yeah, don't I know it? I know all of those ones who came to me, who didn't speak to me before, who gave me the evil eye assignment. So, what happened was I started to win away from her. So I'm smelling this scent, and all of a sudden, spiritually, I heard the word popery. Popery. I heard it twice in like a still small voice. And I went to my phone and I looked up popery. And I found, and, and we know what popery is. We know that little, uh, it, it's like these little flower things. And, and make a long story short, they use it with witchcraft practices. As I read up on popery, I found out that the Roman Catholics used to use it in, in, in some of their pagan practices or whatever. And this is what this lady Everything she always gave me, I always had to smell on it, and I never knew what it was, but that's what she was doing. She was using witchcraft because every time I would go away, it's like she would reel me back in. So one day, I confronted her. When she would see the guy at the church, everything, she would call me to her car, oh, there's your husband. And I remember the last Sunday she did that. Oh, uh, there's your husband right there. Now, this man had married this woman, had a baby and everything. And I confronted her, and I told her to her face. I told her, I said, that is not my husband. It's like I was taking a stand. I was tired of being lied to, deceived, manipulated, and tricked. I told her, that is not my husband, and that is deception. And the only thing she said to me was, okay. I went back in the church. I did a little cleaning. She called me outside. Oh, I have this necklace for you. She takes her necklace off of her neck and tries to hand it to me. I told her I didn't want it. She looked at me in a way that she almost like she couldn't believe that I rejected that necklace because I had already knew this lady and things that are attached to her and all these things she's trying to give me have something on them that she's trying to keep me connected to her so she can continue to manipulate me. And yes, trick indeed. Me. Yes, that's right. When I ended up leaving that church, God had revealed so much to me, and I'm a dreamer. I dreamed a lot. I was having bad dreams about this church. I was having dreams about the, the bishop and the pastor. I was having very dark demonic dreams where God was revealing to me that this church, this particular house is up for judgment, and it's either you're going to stay knowing all that I'm revealing to you or you're going to go. And, of course, it was a tug of war because there's no one to talk to about these things. You're surrounded by agents. You're surrounded by people who worship the ground 
that this bishop walks on. For me to have told anyone, you know, are you experiencing this or that, I would have been ratted out. So I had to make my move very stubbornly. And for the last six months, I began to grow frustrated. Not to mention, this church has so many demonic ties to it. There were witches that were coming to the church. Coming to the church, being members for a month, and now they're over the prison ministry? And they've only been a member for a month? Or maybe a few weeks? And they were witches. I knew they were witches because God will reveal these things to me in dreams. And they hated me. I could feel the tension and the hate in that church. The last six months of God doing this very extensive work on me where he was revealing things to me, I was going through so much at that church with just the tension and the hate and all eyes on me. I stopped serving. Everything that I was doing, I just started, listen, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. I can't do this anymore. When the bishop would pray and lay hands, I didn't go up there because I already knew what was going on. And he would look at me crazy like she's not coming up. No, because God was revealing things to me. Now, once I had finally left that church, I had to do a cleansing. Everything that people had given me, I threw it out of my house. I cleaned house. I ended up moving from one apartment to another one. I left the church. I didn't tell anyone I left. A few of the members came knocking at my door, and that's when I said, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell them I'm done. I'm not going to give them any reasons or anything. I'm done with this church. Did that, uh, changed my number, and I still was driving this car that one of those members had purchased for me. So what ended up happening the 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 airbag ended up something was going on with the airbag and it was going to cost me two thousand dollars to fix. So I'm riding this car with a defective airbag. The airbag just went out. I thought that I was rid of those people, but I was still having dreams about them. And the dreams I was having about them, they were very angry at me. I had dreams of the bishop and the pastor uh, face to face, and I had dreams of the members asking mm-hmm. me. Why you left us? These are in my dreams. Mm. That you picked up on Yes. In, in my dreams. I'm dreaming of them talking about why you left us or what you doing here. I had a dream that I went back. And I know that's only a dream. And they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Trust me, that's just a dream. What are you doing here? Why you left us? And I'm like, wow. The last dream I had about the bishop. This man looked at me. I was in the pew, and he looked at me, and he laughed, and he said, you're still connected to us. I woke up out of that dream last, and I had no idea how the hell I was still connected to them people when I had threw everything away. The car. And let me tell you how God looked out for me. When God has his hand on you, And when he puts an end, when you take heed to the signs and the warnings and you have that ear to hear and you're not out here trying to take up for these crooked people, his hand will stay on you 
until the whole thing is put to rest. Me and my son, my son was eight when this happened. We were riding in the car. All of a sudden, I break at a red light. All I hear was brakes and boom, someone hit me in the back. I was sandwiched between these two cars, and my car was the only one that got damaged. Wow. Make a long story short, when I went through all of the things with the insurance, and it was the girl behind me, it was her fault, she had progressive, she had some good insurance, my car was totaled. What ended up happening, it was unfixable, they couldn't fix it, the insurance paid me for the car. The car was valued at almost $6,000. They paid me for the car. I signed that car over to them, and in a week length, I had another car. A used mom in my 2000 Toyota Corolla that mm-hmm. gives me no problems and that has no attachment to those demonic people. That was the dream that I had. When the bishop looked at me in the dream and laughed and said, you're still connected to us, it was the car. Wow. Yes. When I had that dream that night, I ended up in an accident two days later, and the car was total. Couldn't fix it. In a week, I, I was riding in something else. God broke every connection that I had to those demonic people. Everyone. Exactly what they were, demonic people. Um, what does that what does that say about the mindset of many of us who get caught up in it, begin to realize what it is, mm-hmm. but yet we submit to this toxic demonic environment anyway. Translation, what the hell is wrong with us? You know what? And I have to I have to bring up race in this because you know like I know that it's always us. And my thing is this. Black people have been hoodwinked and bamboozled long enough. Why continue to know the truth and continue to wallow in that mess? Mm-hmm. There has to be a level of accountability to the ones who continue to sit up under this knowing, because let me tell you something, people that were there before me knew things that were going on in that church that wasn't right because of our conversation. Those little hints that they give you where you right. know someone knows what you know, but you can't go in too deep with them because they, they've been affiliated longer than you. Takes wisdom. <laughs> you can't have no full-fledged conversation with them. They know it. They know what goes on. But they sit and they continue. And at the end of the day, Lance, I would say, people, you you put yourself in a very bad predicament when you see others as being better than you. When you look at others as the example of what you want to achieve, not knowing that you have power within and that God can empower you and you have the ability and the capability that the next person has on your own, and not you don't have to look to another person as being better than you. I think that's where we mess up. We praise these people and we put these people on pedestals.
and what that, I guess, mm-hmm, I, go ahead. I, I guess that there's a certain measure, subtle, low self-esteem. It, it may not be major, but enough to hook you in because remember, it's like this, um, and I'm not going to break your flow, but we come into the church coming out of our subpar right. situations. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we assume that everybody's there, and we don't consciously say this, but we assume that everybody there is daggone near perfect. It's just like when you go to the mall and everybody's smiling and they're dressed up and it it, it seems like they're all spending lots of money they all have it together, and you go to the mall, and you know that, well, I only got 100 bucks to spend up in here today, but I don't have it like everybody else. It's just they give that image, yeah. and we want to be like them, so we submit quick because we know that we're coming from a subpar uh, situation, a breakup, we lost our right. job, or we're through with that old way of living, or something right. just has us running there where we exhausted and they take us on in. But the, what I like to say is that the church is like that hospital waiting room. Oh, yeah. We go there to get well. But mm-hmm. when we go there, there are a lot of other sick people. And oh, it's yeah. not hard to pick up what mm-hmm. these other people have and whatever mm-hmm. other afflictions that they have. Mm-hmm. But, but continue on. I just wanted to say that. And, you know, my thing is coming out of it, I can honestly say why I was so manipulated and why, you know, uh, the mind control was so bad with me at a certain point going there. It was never because I wanted to please these people. It was never because I wanted to be like them. It's because I genuinely thought that I was in the will of God. It's because I genuinely thought What I was doing by, uh, you know, they know more than me, these are elders, they've been in the church longer, letting them impose all of these things on me, of course, it it breaks you down. It it, it gives you that that, uh, belief that, well, maybe my, my, the way I do things isn't valid. Because they tell you, you know, lean not on your own understanding. And like I said, they use these scriptures to impose personal views on you and, and pump you full of fear, and it creates an inferiority where you feel, with me it did, and I I believe a lot of people who who will listen to this will feel the same way, where you feel kind of cornered off, where you're you're not good enough. You know, maybe their judgment is the judgment. Maybe this is how it goes. And when your mind starts to question things, with me, I would be rebuking the devil. When my mind would question the bishop, when my mind would question things that were going on in this systematic congregation, oh, no, devil, that no, no, that no, no, that's not the, no, no. You know, I'm rebuking the devil when it's really me and my spirit or God, you know, showing me. Think for yourself. Look at this. Something's not adding up. And you look at these people as, these are who you're assigned to. God planted me here. You know, they use all those antics. And you have such a fear of God. It's an unhealthy relationship with God because of fear. I wasn't serving God out of love. I was serving God out of fear because I thought this is what I had to do or I would go to hell. That's what they told me. But when you see And that's why the scripture says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit.
the Lord is saying. When you have an ear to hear and when you want the truth, you will be shown the truth. And I believe that even those who are affiliated at one point, I believe, they were shown the truth. But they decided, because we all have a choice, to continue on in that. Some people are so weak-minded, you feel sorry for them that they are underneath this kind of control. But there are some of us who know that these people are wrong, and they will they will come to to stone you and I for exposing the truth rather than getting out of it. You have some who entertain this mess, knowing that it's wrong. I don't know if they know the depths of it. I was watching your show. Uh, I was watching your show, I think, with, with Cindy Tram. I think you have one of those with Cindy Tram, and then I switched over to another, uh, I think it was someone else, that had mm-hmm. Cindy Tram on there. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, uh, telling people, there are five people in here that are supposed to give $100,000. There were 10 people in here that are supposed to give 10000 And I'm looking, and I'm like, you know what? How can you sit there <laughs> and hear this mess and subscribe to this? Does anything go off in your mind that would say maybe, you know, I don't have that money to give, and is God really going to bless me for giving the, the, the money that I don't have to give? You know, do I really have to give this extreme amount of money in order to be blessed by God? Is, is, this, is this real? When when will we ever question things? And there were people running up there, giving their money, and then she did her little witchcraft ritual where she blew, moved her hand and all the people fell. And I'm like, you know, I see why the Bible compares us to sheep. I see. I see why. But I thank God that I was only a sheep for a little while. And when I left that church, let's talk about the bondage that that church puts you in. All I did was go to school. I'm a college student. I went to school. I went to work when I had a job when I was at that uh, church because I lost my job being there. When I left, I got a job. Isn't that something? But go to school, go to church, do everything for the church, and come home. That was my life. I was afraid of everything. I, I didn't. I didn't want to. I wasn't socializing with people my age. It was only those elders. I'm a young woman. I'm socializing with elders, and 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 everything I talk about is the Bible. And that was my life. Never. I, you would have never gotten me if I was still at that church to talk about these things. I didn't have the courage. I didn't. I didn't believe in myself enough to to, to feel like I could express and I could talk on a, on a recorded uh, uh, show, or I could reach out to Lance to have my story. I never felt like I had that capability. But when I left that church, you've come a long like, way. I'll say oh that my, much. <laughs> in just a year, Lance. Can you imagine a little over a year? I wow. left April of last year. You're powerful. And I'm just saying you're powerful. I'm not stroking your ego. We know it's the real God. Oh, you already know. Yes, it's powerful. You're powerful. (laughs) Most will agree who hear it. Trust me, they're going to be reaching out to you. And and like I said, you're stuck with me because 
I got your number down. You're going to have to right. give me some every, every, every. <laughs> that sounded worldly, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, you know, oh, man, when I left, I, I, I cut my hair. I started over. I moved into a new place. I thought I got a new job. I, I started over. I started my writing again. I started to, to, to be who I was. No more of me being locked up in a cage. You know what I'm saying? No more bondage. My mind began to expand. I began to go on YouTube and look up certain things. You know, things. The only thing you could do at that church is read the Bible. You weren't allowed to. to that's how much control. Any outside source. You couldn't go back in history. No, it was just the Bible. Only what the Bible said. There was no expansion outside of that. None. And I was locked up. I was locked in. Mm-hmm. And it's like I left that place. And I, I, I just began to search. I began, I began to search. And I remember the last year was probably dream that I told you uh, previously. I dreamed floating on black water. That was one part of the dream. The other part of the dream I saw was with a jungle gym in the middle. The water was crystal and it was a it was a jungle gym. And when I saw the water, now don't judge me, but I don't know how to swim in real life. Okay. But in this dream I ran and jumped in that crystal clear water, and I was laughing and giggling like a little girl. And what God was showing me between those two things, with, with one being the church floating on black water, that's mm-hmm. where I was. I was a part of something deep, dark, and ugly. But once mm-hmm. I left, I was going to be a part of something pure, because the water was enlightening. And fun. I was going to be able to live my life free. So he showed me in a dream, like a split split. You're going from bondage to free. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was decide to leave and never look back. Beautiful. This is part of the bigger journey. And right. as time moves on, it's it's going to be so much that you're going to look back on and even see even more into the further you get away from it. You can put it in per- perspective. Of course. And it's mm. so ironic because, like I said, it's been all this locked up way. Your line is kind of fading. It's not fading, but it got like a little static, and I know you're moving around. So, um, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you good now. Yeah, I had put the phone behind my back. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what I was saying was, oh, Lord, what was I saying? Uh, it'll come back to me. Uh, oh, I have had all of this locked up for over a year, and I was never uh, pressed to talk about it because this isn't something you could just talk about, especially, you know, I was very, I wanted to be very careful with mm-hmm. how I approached people who still are affiliated with church. Right. Because the last thing I want to do is cause confusion in their spirit. I'd rather 
especially if they already believe that their pastors are good and and blah, blah, blah. Me, personally, and I'm just going to say it, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that any of these churches are operating differently. It's a system. They're affiliated. When you leave one place, I left that place and went to another one. It's the same exact thing was going on. I was at that church for four weeks and left completely. I said, that's it. Because I'm not going to go from here to another one and experience something different. It all starts out the same way. They smile. They they love some of them because some of them are just, just, just flat out mean and, and nasty or whatever. They smile. They draw you in, and you see the truth. So I just decided, you know, that ain't for me. Hi, baby. That's just not for me. I'm, I'm gone, and I am coming back. I get more done out here in the world contributing to other people than to be affiliated with that with those person. Mm-hmm. I'm picking up my son so you might hear a little. And, oh, no problem. Uh, no problem. Yeah. And, and I'm going to step in about 10 minutes, but I just want to say that um, the bulk of it, this is all going to go up. And right. I, w- I want you to finish up, but th- we're going to go in more. This was the right. first one. You know right. what I mean? And I want to get the next one in when all of my equipment issues are taken right. care of, which will be another day or two. So right. expect it, and we'll work that out. But right. this was so powerful. This was this was just the menu because I right. want you to go in on each aspect of it. You just oh, gave us the menu because <laughs> what you were saying, especially about the emasculated men, and the oh, one yeah. fire women who are serving the pastor more than they were. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. um, the visitations and the demonic things that happened. I've been through oh, those yeah. things. And, I, you know, it makes you just want to go up on a mountain or out the woods somewhere and just stay to yourself. But right, of if, if, you, if you can't, give me five minutes. Um, drop it. We'll wrap it up right now. And I'm not rushing you because, you know, I've been right, showing right, right, going right. on hours and hours and hours. <laughs> but, um. I had to get this part because when we talked just to warm up and just, I said, "Uh uh-uh, my equipment's down, but I got to take my plan B way, which may not be as super clear, but we can't miss this. This was divine. And I thank you so much. But but give us a few more minutes and drop it and give us a knockout blow and we'll walk out of the joint and we'll put this up. Of course. I just want to say, um, Leaving the church, as I said, I feel more free. I'm able to live my life. I'm not condemned. I'm not obligated to anything. I don't subscribe. It's it's like I I got my mind back. You know, I'm able to think for myself. I'm able to make my own decisions without, you know, anyone else's approval. If, If God is to lead me in any direction, he will do it himself. I don't subscribe to anything just because someone tells me to. I do that. I subscribe to to things if it's if it's what I want. You know, if it's what I want, if it's the decision that I made for myself. I don't just. I'm not a blind follower anymore. And I just want to say that God has taken me since I left that church. I'm in a place where He is dealing with me on my self-esteem, on on my, uh, you, you know, everything has to do with me now, where he is encouraging me on a date, showing me exactly. that if you, if you want to know me, look within. I have given you power. I have equipped you within. You hold precious cargo. Yes. You have things within that they weren't able 
never thought I would be talking like this with this much confidence on anybody's life. Never thought. Never thought. I was afraid. That touched out my anointing. That, 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 that thing took some real feeling. No matter how strong you are, think you are. That thing, when you're in your naive stage, that thing took some serious fearing. When you think that you're doing a disservice to God for even questioning mm-hmm. the, the mess that these people have going on, but you're not. And what I would, what I would like to say to everyone and whoever's listening who may be going through what I'm going through, who are on the fence about what decision you, you got to make and who may have even grown up in churches, you know, it's too late for some, but it's not too late for all. Some mm-hmm. will never take heed. Some will never take it. Some will never free themselves from it. Some are too weak to. But if I could speak strength into anyone, even if it's just one person out there, I just want you to know, get to know God for yourself. Get to know him through yourself. Know that you can make the right decision under the direction of God and how he chooses to mold you and to make you. You don't need all of these different people in your ear steering your life. Mm-hmm. Before I got to this point, Lance, I would dream about people driving me around. I would dream about me being in the back seat and people were driving me. Mm. Over and over, reoccurring. What does that say? Everybody was running my life with me. Exactly. Before I left that church, this is the dream that I had. I had a dream that I was in the car with Benny Hand. No, no, not Benny Hand. What's that other? Oh gosh, what is his name? That uh, oh. that that white evangelist guy. He's really old now. Um. He. There's so Graham. many of them. <laughs> the There's so many guy. of them. What's his name? Billy Graham. Oh, Billy Graham, yeah. I had a dream that I was in the car with Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, and this little white boy was in the back seat, and I was in the back seat. And Billy Graham looked at the back, looked at me in the back seat, and he gave me this really evil look. Make a long story short, his son, Franklin Graham, was driving the car. Now, this was my car in the dream. My car belonged to me, but I was in the back seat. All of a sudden, these three started fighting me. We got into a fight. I was fighting against Billy Graham, his son, Franklin Graham, and the little uh, white boy that was in the back seat. It's like they were demons or something. And they were all fighting me. Long story short, I wrestled all three of them out the car, left, and got in the driver's seat of the car and locked the door. And that was nothing but God showing me. You finna get ready to take your take your power back. You finna get ready to take your life, and we gonna direct this thing together. You have the power. All those demons and all those people that have control and and all that mind control is over. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what it is now. And I tell people, you know, Shay is just Shay. I think that you you look like you love us or you don't, because I'm going to be me. No more facade. No more, no more of that 
holy and I got to be holy. No, I speak real because I am real. I have nothing to hide. I'm, I'm going to tell people this, this is what it is. This is what it is. You want to be stuck? You want to be stagnant? You're going to be just where you are in these churches while they rock you blind. And you're, and you're really not blind. There's a lot of you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You felt it. God is the only quicken me. Quicken you too. That's right. <laughs> we all get We are one thing about people. I say this all the time. One thing about people, they know. I don't care what nobody We all have spirit. So what ain't so obvious to the eye, we're going to feel it. We're going to feel it. Mm. And that's just what it is. And when I left that damn place, the demonic activity and all of that mess I was going through, all that spiritual warfare fighting, it it stopped. It came to a screeching halt. Screeching halt. Screeching halt. <laughs> Not just a halt, but a screeching halt. Yeah, screeching halt. When I when I left them people, when I left them people, when I got into that accident, when that car got totaled. The way the girl hit me in the face, that girl didn't even hit me that hard for that car to be total mess, but it was supposed to be total because that was the last straw. But it gets deeper than that, and that was my five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, it's something. The powerful, powerful, <laughs> powerful. Wow. Thank you, brother. I, I, I just appreciate it. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for, you know, um, I just appreciate. And isn't it something, you know, maybe you don't realize it. Yeah. But but when you left the comment, isn't it something, I'm not taking credit for this, but isn't it something right. how within a minute I sent your message back? Yeah. It was like I was right there. I was right there. And I'm all over the place, and things come in. I don't notice it. I have multiple screens up, multiple computers, but I was right there, and I read what you said. And we went back and forth, and I was like, hey, we got to talk. But, you know, timing is everything. And two days ago, we didn't even know each other. I mean, you know what I mean? And it's like, here we are, and it's a beautiful thing, and that's to show you nothing before it's time, but when it comes, it's right on time. And to never give up. Right. And it's like I had had stopped, like, watching those videos about exposing church. I'm like, man, I already know how these people operated. When I left, I was watching all those videos about, you know, exposing the false problems, watching them, watching them, watching them. And then I just stopped. And to be back on that path and find you through it, I'm like, how did I end up here? Amazing. <laughs> but I'm here. And I, I can't believe that I'm here. It's like when when it flows, it just flows. And you just you just know it. And it and it's just like yes. wow. Yes. It's just, wow. And, and it's a validation of that higher power, higher above these these right. man made uh mechanisms and cults and hierarchies <laughs> that they're the substitute. They're the ones that are deceiving people because right. it's already inside of you, and they're pulling you outside oh, of yourself to serve yes. this 
person who's supposed to be the middleman for God and uh, the cleaning committee and the music this and the this, this, that. And so the unofficial things that and the unofficial hidden amenities that many of these pastors take from these needy single women who are waiting on their boy. But in the meantime, you know, they give up something else that rhymes. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to have come through that. And yeah. um, hopefully when people hear this, once yeah. again, it will help them to come out and strengthen them and to know that you can have a life after all of this manipulation oh, yeah. and, and, oh, yeah. and control. The control. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Grown people in 2017 who have sense, not just you, but other people. Right. And, and and something in them allows their their, their their inner man, meaning man and woman, to be right. manipulated and feel like a marionette puppet with the strings are pulled right. and all these agents, they want to bring you things and plant things in your house to yeah. to be a demonic thing and give you oh, control. Yeah. This is crazy. So we got to do this again. Okay. And, um I am so looking forward to speaking to you, Shay. You're a blessing to me. You've quickened my spirit, and you fed me today, too, honestly. As much as I do this, this was really a delicious meal of righteousness, and I thank you. And and, and that's what it's about, man. And you don't know righteousness. Just doing what's right will take you farther than, than anything. All this tithing and, and will a man rob God and, and you're taking God's tithe and all of that? That false yeah. blessing? Why do you think people still wait for things that are never done? Mm-hmm. Because you're believing in false blessings. Righteousness. Right. It'll take you farther than anything that preacher is telling you. Just being right in your daily life and how you deal with people. Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.